Hello, welcome everyone to the gauntlet here on Fightful Overbooked. I'm Jeremy Lambert, and today I am joined by the great, the lovely Garrett Kidney. Garrett, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, Jeremy. How are you? I'm I'm well. I'm well. I know I've I've told the WWE story a million times, but the first time we actually interacted was on Will's show, The Forbidden Door of wrestling media will washington when i popped on there and we, we've talked on twitter plenty but this is our first like actual show together now yeah face to face voice to voice not just bashing in on me and will's time <laughs> <laughs> I, I interrupt every week and I'm, I'm pretty sure will completely hates me but he he puts you're the miley cyrus of will's show you just come in like a wrecking ball it's <laughs> <laughs> a compliment miley cyrus is great i will not tolerate any miley cyrus my Miley Cyrus slander. Uh, Will, or sh shit, Garrett. Uh, Garrett, I invited you on to talk TNA, Impact Wrestling, and I wasn't sure if you wanted to talk Impact because I feel like all you do is talk about Impact, but you have kindly agreed to talk more Impact, and you told me, as long as it's like old stuff, I'm cool with it. We'll, we'll talk Impact and that. And it is old stuff. It is AJ Styles matches, singles matches throughout his TNA impact wrestling run so here's how this works garrett i got a list of uh, about 12 aj styles singles matches we'll, we'll do about 10 of them i'll throw two out at you you'll give me what you think is the best match of the two mm. and that can be work rate that can be story that can be importance to his career however you want to define the the best match of the two and then you'll pick a winner, and then I'll throw another one at you, and we'll continue until we get through all of them, and then we'll crown a winner of the best AJ Styles singles match in his TNA run. You ready? And I have not seen this list, so I'm, I'm just going to intervene at the end and say, actually, no, this really obscure match he had against like, Tiger Mask <laughs> on Impact, that's the one. It's the one that should have been there all along. <laughs> That's completely fine. That is completely fine. I sh I should have curated the list with you, but I wanted to I wanted to surprise. <laughs> I think you. it's more fun than I just like yeah. I don't know what's on this list. <laughs> Let me start. Let's start with two last man standing matches. I I knew AJ had a few. He had like three that are well regarded. I'm gonna throw two at you right now. Mm. The first one, Bully Ray, Slammiversary, 2011, Hurt Angle, Hard Justice. 2008 which See, one you, is the better match when you said two last man standing matches the one that came into my head was the daniel's destination x one that's on which, the list will we will we get to it i don't know but that is on the list so hard justice 08 versus slammiversary 2011 those are two very good matches for two very different reasons because like the the angle one is styles and angle doing a styles and angle match under last man standing setting so it's very like high action intensity wild high spots a top rope ddt for the finish which is insane yeah. and then the, the the bully one is completely different in that it, it's like big man bully bullying it's in the name the hell out of aj and like hitting him with chops aj won't back down aj keeps firing up bully he won't back down and the finish of that match is is a finish i detested at the time because the, the finish is AJ does this huge dive off the rafters through a table. And as they're both being counted out, Bully just gives him a little kick. He like kicks him in the butt. AJ goes headfirst through the uh, like uh, bottom of the announce desk, I guess. And uh, he gets counted out. Bully wins. And I hated that because it's like, it's not a satisfying finish. But then you think about it. It's like, well, he's Bully Ray. The whole idea of the gimmick is that he's a bully. He's a fake tough man that like talks a big game, but is actually a bit of a dickhead who like can't do things the right way so him winning the match really really cheaply despite having like talking this big game it's actually a kind of perfect finish so that's the reason i i'm, I'm gonna pick bully and aj over aj wow. i didn't expect that one I did yeah. not expect that at all you, you see you gotta give me. like the, the the peak of bullies tna run credit and that like i i know people have very mixed feelings about bully Ray in the year 2022 <laughs> but this take take this back 11 years ago and that dude like utterly earned his main event singles run in tna like he really did breaking out from devon breaking out from a, like 15 years of being a tag team wrestler and finally breaking out into being a proper real singles wrestler uh he, he earned it he was great he was legitimately great the you're right in that these are two two different matches with two different two different styles from aj in 
the Kurt Angle match is very much just an AJ Kurt Angle match, and they're just doing they're doing crazy stuff. Kurt does that that senton that, that people like to gif uh, on this one. Like Kurt Kurt is a wild man in this match, and yeah, the the DDT off the top that comes uh, with the finish is is insane. And you know the story with Kurt's neck and everything, and then the aftermath where they stretch him out is just like ah oh, fuck this. Like I'm gonna brainbuster you as well. <laughs> um, the the Bully Ray match is like top tier aj styles just bumping his ass off and doing mm. insane stuff to make bully look like this monster and everything so i prefer the kurt angle match but aj's performance in the bully match might be even better just because i feel like he just carries a lot more of that um with, with the way he is just bumping and selling for bully the finish you make a good point of how how you're viewing it i still didn't like it i still can't buy that finish it still upset me yeah like it's it's deflating but it is meant yeah. to be deflating so like it, it did achieve its goal but I, I can get why like you'd be like all right this this match was these two like beating the living hell out of each other and then like the air is let out of the balloon at the very end and i, I can get why you wouldn't be like especially watching in a vacuum now like fair enough it, it makes a lot more sense in context than the story building to the bully ray character whereas now if you just go back and, and like parachute in as a one-off match it probably doesn't work as well as it did back then all right, so you're going Bully Ray and AJ over Kurt and AJ. That's an upset early, in my opinion. Yeah, get That's out of not- here, Kurt. Got nothing <laughs> on Bully. There's about 30 Kurt Angle matches on this list. So. <laughs> and a lot. Uh, the next one on the list, Jerry Lynn, November 6, 2002, Impact, or TNA, the, the weekly shows, uh, NWA TNA. This was the 20th NWA TNA weekly show. Is when Lynn wins the X Division Championship from from mm-hmm. AJ against Bully Ray, Last Man Standing. Which do you prefer? Oh, is this going to be like the Bully Ray Miracle Run? <laughs> <laughs> like, like the problem with the AJ Jerry matches is they're all very good, but they did an absolute ton of them. So there, there's like ten of them, and like the very best one is technically not even a singles match. It's like the last segment of the first X Division title match where him and Jerry Lynn just go 15 minutes balls to the wall, and it's amazing. So that's probably the peak of AJ and Jerry. And like I don't think Jerry gets enough credit in general for helping AJ become AJ because like one of the things you hear people say a lot is like TNA wasted AJ. It's like no, nah, TNA helped AJ become AJ because if you look at AJ in 02 in that Jerry Lynn match. He is nowhere near the AJ Styles of like 2005, who was by at that stage legitimately the best wrestler in the world. But it was by working with the likes of D'Lo Brown, with the likes of Raven, and especially with the likes of Jerry Lynn, took AJ to that next level, like filled in those gaps in AJ's game and made him legitimately one of the best wrestlers of all time. I think it's hard to compare an 2 AJ match to an 11 AJ match. I think AJ is just, you know, he's he's a much more well-rounded, polished performer by 2011 than he is in this Jerry Lynn match in 02. So I, I'd still stick with Bully, but I, I I cannot stress how important those Jerry Lynn matches were in the development of AJ Styles. So Bully wins again. <laughs> I will say that this is almost like a breakout match for, for mm-hmm. AJ because he had singles matches to this point. He was, you know, champion. Um and he had the the big triple threat matches and everything, but his singles matches in TNA to this point were like twelve minutes or so, and this one's just a, a hair over twenty. It's like his longest singles match in TNA to date, and you do see like like you said, you start to see more of the growth of AJ, and it's not like evident in this match, but if you go back and you do watch this match and compare it to. Even his earlier, like his first match in TNA or his ROH stuff and everything, you start to see like little growth periods for AJ. Mm-hmm. And I do think this is, you know, this is the 20th TNA show. Like, they, this is a little bit of a breakout for AJ, I think. I'm with you. I think Bully is the better match. And it, it is, you know, a tough comparison. It's 10 years later. AJ just grew as a performer in, in those 10 years. But yeah, watch this AJ match compared to even just his first match in TNA. And you can just see sort of the differences and working with a guy like Jerry Lynn to do that for you. It's interesting to see like this early in his TNA career, you might argue it was probably the wrong decision for him to be a heel, but for him to be like working heel against Jerry, against Amazing Red, even against Sean Walton a little bit around this time, like it's he, he's not quite good enough to do it, but like he, you have to learn sometime and that this is the period where he does learn. All right. Next one I'm going to throw at you is Bobby Roode. May 24th, Impact 2012, 
This is the open fight night challenge against Bully Ray, last man standing. Oh, I love that Bobby Roode match. Because it like I love the story going in that it's like AJ was the longest reigning champion up until then. Roode was about to beat his record. So you have, you know, AJ against Roode for the title. Can AJ stop Roode from beating his record? And it like th they had a couple of pay-per-view matches, AJ and Roode, that I don't think were as good as this one. I think this is easily their best match. It's a great TV match. It's like kicking off the era of live impacts during that summer against that bully match, which is also great. Oh, oh. Oh, mm. I'm still leaning bully, but I do love that rude match. That That's fair. I mean, I, I have not seen the rude match in a little while. Um, I did love the story though, because yeah, rude is ready to have his championship celebration with everything. And they ended up having it in the main event. It leads to Sting's return. Um, and it's, he's, he's about to have the championship celebration because He's about to be the longest reigning champion. Here comes AJ to try to cut that off. And, you know, AJ can't overcome. AJ is a little distracted throughout the match. You got Kazarian and Daniels there and the everything. story. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then rude picks up the victory. Uh, but it is a good story And rude. I mean, we see what he is nowadays. He's not even on television nowadays. Um, it, and, you know what he in TNA though, like he had a, had a great run as champion and yeah, AJ hit him and him and rude capping this off with the, with the main event segment here. It was a good match. It's mad that rude's not on TV, isn't it? I like think he's hurt. I, I think he, he posted on Instagram. I feel like this was a month ago and I could be getting my stories mixed up, but that he underwent like some type of procedure. I feel like I feel like he did that. So I think he's that's why he's been out of action a little bit because we know like Triple H likes him. I mean Triple H mm -hmm. made him NXT champion. So now with Triple H being being back at the helm, you'd think he'd get on television at, at some point and it just hasn't happened yet. But I think it's because he's hurt. Yeah, even if you if you shove him down to NXT where he can, you know, he can wrestle Braun Breaker and Ron Wagner and teach them things because he's very experienced. Yeah, yeah. And he loves the glorious theme too. Like Triple oh, H just put that on. It is. It'll just it'll just put him on TV just to get the glorious mm -hmm. theme going. Right, so you you're going bully Ray, man, bully Ray, miracle run. run. It is. All right, let's see what I can. All right, we're gonna throw Samoa Joe sacrifice. Oh, you're just like let's pick one of the best matches in TNA history to boot <laughs> bully Ray off over the top. Yeah, it's the Joe match. It's like one of the top five matches in company history. It is like vicious and violent and like. Every time Samoa Joe slaps AJ, it's like it's just his face falls apart, and <laughs> it's it's maybe not even the best AJ Joe match. That's how good these matches are. But uh, yeah, AJ Joe wouldn't settle on the landslide. Get out of here, bully! You sucker! <laughs> Miracle runs over. Finally, the Bully Ray run is <laughs> over. Uh, yeah, Joe came in undefeated, monster killer. This is the uh, X Cup like finals, and you know people are like, oh, it's AJ. Like maybe he's the one to finally stop. Samoa Joe here. We get the, the ref bump at the end, the, the Daniels run in. I'm not saying that hurt the match, but you did mm. mention another Samoa Joe match that, that we will get to a little bit later on. It's just definitely on this list. Uh, yeah, the AJ Joe matches. They, I was like, I was familiar with Joe through like ROH and everything, but watching him in this impact run when he first comes in, it's just murdering dudes. And AJ again, like I mentioned, his selling like in the bully match. He's younger here more athletic here and the intensity and the way he's able to sell all of joe's offense is just top tier stuff you could make an argument like that the best year of both aj styles and samoa joe's careers uh, is 2005 and yeah th when they wrestled each other at, at what is arguably both their personal peaks uh, this is what you get and as you said like joe had he'd beaten chris saban he had beaten sanjay he had beaten like delirious and amazing right you know some of the the lower tier guys in the exhibition though that Saban match is really good. You should go back and watch that Saban match. I think that match is underrated. Uh, but AJ's the first like real top guy he's wrestling, and you're like the first guy who can really properly take it to Joe credibly without the, the belief that Joe's just gonna utterly murder them. And yeah, this match is this is just spectacular. It's great. And AJ and Joe just apparently like they never quite hit the heights that these 05 matches hit, and you know, like WWE went to this well a ton, yeah. TNA went back to this well a ton, but like these 05 matches are spectacular.
And you, you mentioned it earlier, like AJ's 05 is just absolutely incredible. There's like four matches just completely on this list. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to jump to 2009, though. October 15th, Impact, Kurt Angle. This is the time limit draw. The the super impact before yes. Bound for Glory. Um, hmm, this might be the best AJ Kurt match. It's either this or the January 4th Hulk Hogan Impact one. Both those are real good matches. I'd probably put the Joe match ahead of this Kurt, this Kurt match. Maybe not one of the other Kurt matches if you threw one of the other Kurt matches at me. But yeah, this Kurt match heading into the draw, it's, it's basically to set the table for the match they would have uh, on January 4th, which they gave away. It was meant to main event the pay-per-view in January, but then they're like, let's give it away for free on TV and then do it again on pay-per-view anyway, because it's TNA. But the TV match, it's naturally in TNA fashion, better than the pay-per-view match. But this one, yeah, great match. Two guys just going out there for 20 minutes, tearing the house down. Probably up uh, until that point, maybe the best match or maybe the second best match in the history of the Impact Television show at that point. The sense of urgency in the in the closing minutes, because, you know, it's a 20 minute time limit and they really pick it up in the final minutes. Uh, too much stalling in the early portion of the match. It's, it's the classic, you know, they're going 20 by how they wrestled the first five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's about the only thing that hurts it. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's Kurt Angle. AJ Styles, tough for those two to have a bad match uh, in this in this time period. All right, so you're going Samoa Joe sacrifice though over that Kurt Angle match. All right, we're gonna we're gonna throw it back a couple of years. Raven, August 27th, 2003, NWA TNA. Raven as like as a work rate guy doesn't get enough credit for how good he was in 03. Like he was the best wrestler in TNA in 03 in a company that did have the likes, you know, Chris Saban and and Jeff Jarrett and AJ Styles and AMW and Daniels and Skipper, like all those. And like Raven was the best wrestler in the company, consistently having the best matches, consistently having the best stories. He should have won the belt that year from Jarrett, but you know, what can you do? He probably shouldn't have won the belt here from AJ and he didn't, you know, which is fine. And the, yeah, th- this is this is a, a good match, very good match, but it's it's not on the tier of the Joe match. This was another example of AJ, just much like the the Lynn match, where you can see the pieces of just storytelling coming in with AJ, mm. and he's not fully reliant on just hey, let me go out here and be athletic and do a bunch of cool spots because we had like the interference stuff with the uh, the new church and everything like they were destined or they didn't want raven to win the title um so there, there were the storytelling elements there that and like you said with raven never gonna be um like he, he was never just going to be you know, the high spot guys that we we see a lot of nowadays that people are critical of nowadays but as far as just like layout when it comes to matches and understanding that this move means something in this spot like raven gets praised for that all the time and you can you can see it in this match with aj yeah, there's a spot in this match where Slash tries to interfere with Powder, get it's knocked, gets it knocked into his eyes, and then he does a whirly bird in AJ for a Raven near fall. And that Asylum crowd has never bought a near fall more than it has with that Raven one. And it's yeah. so good. Even, even if you just watch that one move from this match, the crowd lose their mind thinking Raven is winning the belt right then. There is a... All right, so you're going Samoa Joe still from Sacrifice. There's a handful of Christopher Daniels matches from mm. going against all odds 2005 the iron man match against joe sacrifice 2005 you went straight in for the best daniels match <laughs> as well because they've had like 20 of them in company history and all of them pretty much are good and that's probably the best the best because they had even they even had th- two 30 minute iron man matches that year there was the against all odds one and the bound for glory one um, I think the against all odds one is the best match they've ever had. So I'll, I'll easily go that. Like the the last minute of this match, where Daniels has AJ locked in the Koji clutch, and AJ's bleeding out on the mat, and there's there's a minute left, and he has to hold out, and not tap out, and they go to the time limit draw, and then AJ wins in overtime. God, the, like the visual of AJ blood trickling down his forehead as Daniels squeezes him in the Koji clutch, just just tremendous pro wrestling. I remember, I remember watching this match on uh, like iPod video while I was in college, and just like <laughs> the I didn't ideal form to watch any wrestling. Yes, <laughs> I didn't want to like pay attention to class. So I was just watching this match on the iPod video. Um, I agree with you that it's the best Daniels and and Styles match. And I remember when they announced it, it was like thirty minute people were, like upset. It's like wait, it's only 
30 minutes. You know, <laughs> we've been so conditioned to like 60 minute Ironman matches at this point. And people had just wanted a longer Daniels and Styles match. But I, I, like 12 to 18 minutes is always my wheelhouse. So a 30 minute Ironman match is like cool by me. And, you know, it goes to the overtime and everything. And, and AJ wins, but it's a, yeah, a fantastic match. Um, I, I agree firmly with you on the every wrestling match should be 12 to 18 minutes. <laughs> All these people go on 30. It's like, we get it. You can wrestle for 30 minutes and now cut 10 off it. It's a better match. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so you're going Daniels, the Iron Man match over Samoa Joe. You mentioned earlier, we'll throw, we got four more. I'm going to throw another Daniels match at mm-hmm. you here. The last man standing match from Destination X 2012. See, like some of the, it's, it feels like entitled to say some of these Styles and Daniels matches got a little spotty in later years <laughs> to be like, oh, it's only like a, you know, very good match instead of one of the defining matches in company history. Because like they had the Final Resolution 2009 match, which is a very good match where Daniels challenged for the world title. And it's, it's, it's very good, but it's nothing special. And then the year before they had the Destination, Destination X 2011 match, which is like, it, it's, it's a, one of those, you know, it's technically very good, but the crowd wasn't there. They didn't have a great story going in. So it's just them. It's more of a technical exercise. Whereas, like, say what you will about the Claire Lynch story. <laughs> you, can, you can say a lot about the Claire Lynch story. But it at least gave this match, you know, this last man standing match, a, a kind of bitter blood feud quality to it. That, like, Daniels has spent the entire summer tormenting AJ, inventing stories about him having an illicit child with Claire Lynch and Dixie Carter was involved and did he sleep with Dixie and all that nonsense and Serge Salinas knocking AJ out with the worst punch you'll ever see in your life, Dixie's husband. Um, all led us to here, like the, the X Division pay-per-view, the X Division in the spotlight with the two guys who, uh, not quite built the X Division because Styles, Jerry Lynn and Loki built the X Division, but the two guys who defined the X Division along with Samoa Joe in 05 who really took the X Division to the next level again here on the X Division spotlight show in a different kind of match than they've had. With the, They had an I quit match at Bound for Glory the year before, which also wasn't great. So when you get that get here, they have the proper like blood feud match with the great finish of the Styles Clash off the stage through a table. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's still it's still gonna be what what do we have winning at the moment? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> the the Iron Man match. Iron Man, yes, yes. We're we're, we're gonna stick with that. That being the the best Daniels match with AJ. But this one, this one is great. It might be their second best. I think I preferred to the Bound for Glory Iron Man match. What what do you make of the of just last man standing overall because i was kind of stunned to see i knew he had a few in impact i was like wait he had like this many last man standing blow off matches and now i feel like we see see one every month on wwe television like what do you make of the last man standing stipulation like i i think more often than not they get bogged down in the worst part which is just counting Yeah. It's not particularly interesting to just sit there and watch referees count. Like, you should only really do a proper count after a big move. Like, because I think that's where the WWE matches fall into the trap of someone will just do like their finish and it'll be a count. It's like, no, stop it. <laughs> at, at least do like a meaningful move that would feel like what a quote unquote near fall in a, a last man standing match. Whereas I, I think AJ got that because I think all three of his last man standing matches are really good. Uh, like, like great even like great last man standing matches and so yeah let aj do all these matches he knows how to do them <laughs> he doesn't not just sitting there hearing the referee go one two <laughs> compelling television you you're going i'm i'm not a fan of the last man standing stipulation and especially as much as wwe i feel like they're doing doing one like every month and i was like can you knock it off please um, <laughs> i mean they're doing last woman standing this weekend so so that goes uh, so you're it's, going... it's always the we we don't want to pin somebody, so we'll have them yeah. knock down for a ten count. But it's like, is that worse technically? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did the the, the you know the, the Texas Death rules in the angle match where it's like, oh, you pin somebody and then it's a ten count, so you're just double uh, putting them under on that stuff. All right, you're going Daniels Iron Man match from against all odds. Throw a big one at you, Samoa Joe Turning Point 2005. Oh. Oh, like for as good as the sacrifice match is, 
this match is even better. <laughs> so you're like, how could you take these two and make it even more violent? It's like AJ has his lip kicked in and blood streaming yeah. down his face. Like, like literally Joe hits him so hard. There's a hole in his lip. And there's a fun fact, actually, if you look at his, the TNA impact video game model, they, they took the like headshots and stuff around this time with the hole in his lip. So yeah, it's a PS3 game, so you probably don't want to zoom in too much. But if you zoom in all the way on AJ's lip in that game, you see the hole in his lip from this match because that's when they took his headshots. So that's that's a fun fact. Uh, this match is maybe top five match in company history. If, if like the, the the other Joe match is like top ten, this is top five. It's that extra step above. It's that extra little bit of violent. You have probably that extra step of AJ might actually win again yeah. because he's champion going into this match as opposed to just you know joe is a guy he's wrestling in a tournament final fair enough but he's actually he has a belt going in here so he has something to lose also they did the fun little thing like building up to this match where like aj was the champion who started like picking fights with joe the challenger which is a fun subversion of that that, that trend as well but this, the, like the physicality of this match and the strikes and Mike Tanay just losing his mind on commentary at all, all like Samoa Joe just beating the unmerciful hell out of AJ. Phenomenal match, pardon the pun. So you're going Joe turning point over the Iron Man match? Yeah, yeah. Like the, the, the Iron Man match is also probably a top 10 match in company history, but not a top five match in company history, is it? Maybe even top three. I think this might be the third best match in TNA history. All right, I want to get your your other ones after this. I will say I will say this right now. I think this is better than the triple threat match. Oh, I, so do I. I I don't even think oh. here's a spicy take for you. I don't even think the Unbreakable match is the best Styles Daniels Joe match. Oh, which I, one? I think the Turning Point 2009 match is better. So there, there, there's, there's a spicy take for you. Like the, the, the Unbreakable match is undeniably more like historically significant. Yeah. But in terms of like a smoother, cleaner, better match, it's the, it's the turning point match. And also if you watch all of them, because they've had like in TNA, including the Hardcore War show that only airs on DVD that you have to dig out. If you watch all of them, you will actually see in that turning point match, they basically build off all of the previous matches. All of the spots they do in that turning point match are throwbacks to spots they did in a different match, but done differently. So like the Unbreakable match has the monkey flip, uh, Daniel's monkey flip styles in the corner into a Rana on Joe. Whereas in the turning point match, Daniels does the monkey flip, but Joe power bombs the styles onto Daniels then. Again, playing back on a, a spot that was four years earlier at that stage. Really cool stuff. So yeah, there's there's my spicy take for you. The turning point match is better than the Unbreakable match. I I always, I shouldn't say always, but for the most part, like prefer the rematches because there is the history to play off of. Like I like Michael's Taker 2 from WrestleMania over the first one. And people give me shit about this. Like, good. Yeah, thing you're wrong. Off the you, first you, I think give you shit because you're wrong. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's fine. And Michael's career is on the line. He ruined it a few years later because he took $3 million. But yeah, his career is on the line in this match <laughs> against the streak. I, I like the second match better. I don't care. To be fair, I was at WrestleMania 25. So the, uh, there's a hefty amount of live bias, the bias there. But still, still. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think the the turning point match with Joe is, I think it's better than the triple threat matches. I'm curious to know what your top uh, TNA matches are, because I have a hard time thinking of one that's better than this one. It's legitimately one of my favorite matches of all time. Joe at turning point. This was a match where, in the sacrifice match, I really got to know Joe a, a lot more from, separated from his ROH work. This one, like the intensity, like the fire that AJ has, and you're right, when his lip gets caved in, that just brings out another side of AJ, like just the overall work. Like the, And there was the, the fact that you thought, AJ, this might be the end for Joe, like his undefeated streak is going to end because AJ, much like he was in the sacrifice match, he was the guy in this division. It's like, well, maybe they don't put the title on him here, but oh man, both of these guys were so, so good at this time, and especially during this match all right i'm gonna throw two more at you you mentioned it earlier kurt angle january 4th the big the return of the monday night wars mm. like this match it, like a styles and angle like styles and daniels have had 
a lot of matches. I think they've had like 18 <laughs> televised matches in TNA history. And Daniels, I think, is somewhere in the 20s. So, they, so they've had a lot of matches in this company. And I think this is the best of them. Because like that this January 4th crowd... Like that shows insane and nonsense for a lot of reasons, but that crowd, like they were bought in. They were like, "We're going to war, baby, and this is our brand." So like they were losing their mind at everything Angle and Styles did. And unlike the the draw we mentioned earlier, like the, where you know there was a little slower pace, they just went balls to the wall. They're like kicking out of Styles clashes and Angle clash, uh, Angle slams before like the first commercial break in this match. <laughs> They're like, "Let's just go for it." This is like the biggest audience in TNA history probably one of the most watched matches in TNA history and they went out there and delivered they delivered a Kurt Angle versus AJ Styles match like exactly what you would picture that in your head this is it and it's the best version of it but Joe is still better like that match it doesn't have the like like you know it's it's it, it, again, it feels entitled to say it was just an angle styles match, but it was it was just an angle styles match as opposed to that Joe and styles match, which had a, an intensity and a physicality a level above. I think the the historical impact on the January 4th show, maybe even for the wrong reasons, because mm. you know this was this is the return of the Monday Night Wars and that show hadn't been that great, like coming up to this match. I mean, the, the opening was just botched with the, the steel asylum and homicides hanging there and everything. People pop for Jeff Hardy and everything, but like that show was all over the place and Hogan and all these people out there. And then like, we finally got just a pure classic. This is wrestling. We are wrestling TNA impact main event. And, you know, AJ and Kurt went out there and did their thing. And it was great. And you're right that the crowd was just losing their mind for everything. I think in part, they're losing their mind for everything. It's like, oh, finally, we're getting this wrestling match, this great wrestling <laughs> match on this wrestling show. Like, this is what we've been waiting for. And so I think historically, and you mentioned like it might be the most watched match in Impact history. Like historically, that puts it, that, that gives it a little bit of boost as far as, yeah, pure just like match, the, the Joe match. As I said, I think it's like top one for me in Impact history. It'd be interesting to actually go back and look at the quarter hours on the show because, like, one of the matches on the show is probably the most watched match in Impact history. It's it's probably whatever match was either side of the Hulk Hogan debut. So there was like ODB and Tara, and I think Awesome Kong and Hamada against Taylor Wilde and no, it was Taylor Wilde and Hamada against Awesome Kong and Surya, whatever the combination of that was. Um, one of those matches is probably it, but it, it it's certainly up there the Styles Angle match. Because like the the Hogan audience, I think peaked over three million when Hogan was on screen, which is insane to think now. Like it, three million people watching a TNA Impact segment is is a lot more than watch Raw or SmackDown in 2022. But yeah, we live in different times. All right, last one: Abyss locked down the cage match against Turning Point with Joe. Oh yeah. Oh, I love that Abyss match with all my heart. It, it feels so, so mean to say the Joe match is better because it is. But that uh, that Abyss match, again, it's probably like the better, like if you put this head down with the bully match, I think it's the most interesting like contrast because they're both AJ small man working against the big man who beats the living hell out of him. And the big man in the case of the 05 match is Abyss, who is better than Bully. And like this is the best match of Abyss's career. Uh, nothing else Abyss ever did came close to this. Not that Abyss, you know, is bad. It's not like the Kurt Angle Ken Anderson lockdown match where it's like <laughs> Ken Anderson's not a good wrestler, but that is somehow like one of the best matches in TNA history. <laughs> that's a quandary will never work out. How that just happened? Uh, that's apparently how good Kurt Angle is. But this is like the the peak of Abyss again in, in the Styles 05, which I think, as you mentioned, I think we three or four matches we've talked about has been in in that 05 because that is like his, his best year it, every month on pay per view. Great match because like the Ultimate X match of the month before the or in January, the yeah, Iron Man match in February, another Ultimate X match in March, this match in April, the Jarrett title match in May, the King of the Mountain in June, the Sean Waltman match in July, which is very underrated, then Joe in August, Styles Daniels Jones. September, Daniels in uh, October, uh, PD in in November, which is also an underrated match. That's Styles and PD match, and then Joe in December. Like every month, Styles delivered absolute bangers, and here he is again in in the main event of the first lockdown, the main event of the first All Steel Cage match pay per view against Abyss for number one contendership, which he ends up going on to win the title. Uh, it's the Joe match still, 
but this abyss match is it's fantastic if you've never seen it like the opening spot of this match is styles jumps out of the cage yeah. <laughs> and, and then they brawl around ringside for a while doing some cool stuff where styles does like a forearm out off the stands and then abyss swings the cage door at aj's face and it just takes his head off like there's there's no if buts or babies about it that takes the man's head off and it's insane that match is fantastic AJ Styles, I mean, for, for my money, one of the top performers of all time. And you really see it, especially when he's in there against like a bigger guy mm. who it, look, Abyss should not be discredited, but people always want to discredit for some reason bigger guys because they're not gifable. Um, but when he's in there against these guys where he could just bump his ass off for them, I, I will I will always say the Roman Reigns matches when he he faced AJ like Roman like everyone was against them it was like oh fuck here we go Roman Reigns is the champion don't want this not having it and then the I, I guess it was extreme rules but the the title defense he had against AJ where AJ just makes him look like a monster because he's just bumping like crazy for him and all of Roman's offense looks good and you know you go back a few years when AJ had had less bumps on the bump card, was more athletic and everything. He always just made these guys look so good in these matches. And that's taking nothing away from Roman, who I think was great then and is great now. Take nothing away from Abyss, Bully, any of these guys. But when you're in there with someone like AJ, who can just make all of your offense look credible and believable, like that was like that is one of the high marks of AJ Styles' just in-ring ability to me, is just how good he made everybody else look by selling their offense. Yeah, I was watching the other day. It was just a Styles and Roderick Strong five-minute TV match from 04, from uh, October 04. And, like, it's an AJ enhancement match. He's in there with Roddy, who's not a known factor, especially in TNA at that stage. He's, he's a job guy. He's there to lose to AJ. And AJ takes one of his backbreakers, like, a million bucks. It's like, this is, like, Roddy's enhancement talent here. And AJ's in there making this enhancement guy look the best he's ever looked on television. And that's just what AJ does. And you, you see him develop from 02 to 04. Like, by 04, by the summer of 04, he's AJ. And you see it. You see, like, the swagger. You see the pep in his step. You see the confidence. You see the AJ styles of it all. And, yeah, I think a lot of it does go back to that, that ability to, to bring you in, to make you think any move that man takes is death whether it's a Roger Strong chop or backbreak or an abyss press slam or, or a Samoa Joe slap and kick, which uh, part of that is his willingness to probably just be slapped in the face. But, uh, that That's pro wrestling, baby. He's 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 uh, he's the best wrestler in TNA history. He's maybe the best wrestler of all time. He's he's certainly one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And I, I like before, even before the WWE run, there was like, because we talk about the TNA stink and people don't give like the, the work people did in TNA, the credit it probably deserves. And, AJ probably like coming out of TNA, you know, in like 2014, wouldn't have been considered like an all-time great, and he was at that stage. And it took the New Japan run, and then like the, particularly the the first couple of years of the WWE run to really cement that position for him. But he was in that. I've been shouting since like 2012 that this guy's an all-time great. So you yeah, get on my level. <laughs> AJ was one of the the first guys. Him him and Danielson were the first guys that made me like fall in love with wrestling again after like WCW went under and then there was the, the runs WWE had, and then it got very mundane and like boring and everything. And then finally like ROH and TNA and everything comes along. And I just loved everything AJ did from that time period. I always point out there's, there's this match against Loki in like zero one that is just completely underrated. And I don't know how many people have seen it. I remember watching it again, my iPod video. I just watched this match and I was like, AJ Styles is is great. Like, again, pardon the pun, phenomenal. Like, he was so good. And then I would check out all of his other stuff. And, yeah, his impact run and the, the stuff he did with ROH. Him and Danielson were just guys that made me, like, fall in love with wrestling and during that time period where I was just kind of out on WWE. And I've just always been a fan of AJ ever since that stuff. And I was happy he finally made it to WWE and has had the run that he's had thus far with them because it has like you're right like i think on his impact tna stuff alone all-time great wrestler but he probably didn't get that credit because of how it ended and how he was treated over the last few years and people just thought oh yeah he wasn't treated very good it's like eh, 
nah, like, look at this list of matches he had. He was always, for the most part, like, in a top position, wrestling and top guys and everything. And it did take, like, the New Japan stuff and the WWE stuff for everyone to realize, oh, yeah, AJ Styles, great, all-time great. He's He's been that guy. And it does annoy me every time you do. You see it way more often than you should. That people say TNA didn't know what they had with AJ Styles. And it's like, pal, he was their first X Division champion. He was their first tag team champion, and he won the world title within year one. He was a triple crown champion within the first year of the company. They damn well knew what they had in AJ Styles, and they knew it from the very beginning. He was the first person the company ever signed to a contract. It's like, yes, him. He's our guy, AJ Styles. Come on, come on. And again, as I said earlier, like, because uh, uh, for, for the You've Got to Be Kidding Me podcast, cheap plug, McFoley would be proud. Um, we've been, we just finished the, like, the asylum year. We just finished all the way up to, to September 04, uh, going through TNA history. And you see AJ become AJ in that time. You see him go from like great rest of raw potential, doesn't have it all put together, to by the time you leave those asylum days, those Nashville pay-per-views, he's put it all together. He's AJ Styles. And you see that development happen over over the course of two years through those matches with, as I said, Jerry Lynn, Jeff Jarrett, Raven, D'Lo Brown, all those like experienced hands. He wrestled Dusty Rhodes twice, once in an NWA world title match. Like Those are the kind of matches. Like We've talked about maybe 10, what, 10, 12 matches here. And you could like justifiably include literally dozens more. And we're only talking singles matches as well. So you're not talking tag team matches with Christopher Daniels against LAX or tag team matches with Kurt Angle against Bad Influence. You're not talking any of that. Like this, this TNA knew what they had. They got a lot out of AJ. Like if you were to do a best of AJ Styles compilation that like included every match, it should be included. It would be like a, an eight DVD set. <laughs> I definitely think they knew what they they had. It was just he almost outgrew he outgrew it by the end of things because impacted by that point was falling on on the downswing with everything and AJ he kind of just done everything in the company. And so once you like reach that point it is just good to like okay go away for a bit, come back maybe and and figure it out. Like they tried to resign him when he went to WWE. Like that that was the thing is like they knew they wanted him they knew how good he was. It was just that things didn't work out at that point. But look, there's going to be misses with with any company, right? Like Roman Reigns, like, oh, they don't know what they had with Roman Reigns. WWE has pushed Roman Reigns to the moon for years. They know what they have with Roman Reigns. It's just a matter of how you yeah, They just didn't know how to get it out of him. <laughs> right. It's just a matter of how you utilize him this whole time. But yeah, Impact definitely knew what they had with AJ. And they tried and they did their damnedest to make this guy the the face of the company just by the end of it it was just like all right he's done everything and then now we're just kind of giving him maybe dumb shit that people don't always like uh when it comes to aj it's funny you say by the end they're giving him dumb shit like i don't think anyone particularly liked the lone wolf aj stuff at the time you know the the heel aj with the haircut and that's like that's the defining AJ now. That's the AJ yeah. he's been since 2013. It's the AJ he was in New Japan. It's the AJ he is in WWE. And it's so funny to me. It's like no one liked that in 2013. No <laughs> one liked that heel AJ run. No one was like this is good stuff. And that's that's the AJ everyone knows and loves now. And it, like for me, like when I think AJ Styles, I always think 2005 AJ. But it, it's so funny to me. Like the version of AJ that is like most well known. That like was in front of the largest audience in WWE is that like weird emo broody haircut AJ, which it's never my AJ. I think the, when the Claire Lynch thing just sours people so much. And then the way like AJ kind of talks about it, at least the way he did in the past of like why he left impact and he didn't resign and everything like gives people a different impression than what the actual run is. Cause he doesn't like outright like, Barry impact and stuff but he does say like even he has said like yeah maybe they didn't know what they had or anything and so i think his words are obviously going to carry a lot of weight when it comes to that stuff listen aj you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> respond to you on twitch if you could use that thing again uh all right so we had bully ray kicking it off the bully ray miracle run the last man standing mm. match at slammiversary defeating kurt angle last man standing defeating jerry lynn november 2002 and bobby Roode, may 2012 finally bully ray was dethroned by samoa joe sacrifice 2005 and that match also beat kurt angle from impact october 2009 and raven august 2003 the daniels iron man match at against all odds 2005 defeating Joe at Sacrifice 05 and Daniel's Last Man Standing at Destination X. And then Samoa Joe Turning Point 2005. 
closing things out by beating the Iron Man match at Against All Odds, Angle on January 4th, 2010, and the Abyss Cage match at Lockdown. All right, Garrett, two questions. First, what are some of like the, the underrated AJ matches that probably could have made this list because he's had a million great singles matches in Impact that you will just like, you'll go back and you just said you watched the enhancement match with, with Roderick Strong. Like, or just some like, hidden gym AJ matches that are like, maybe they don't get the, the credit they deserve and they're not going to be remembered as like greatest AJ matches of all time. But like, this is just a great AJ Styles match. There, there's a few. There's one on Thanksgiving 2007, which is the Turkey Bowl finals of all things. <laughs> it's a Styles, Saban, Joe three-way in the Turkey Bowl finals. Great match. The only, like, the biggest downside of that match is that it's cut to like four ad breaks, which is a shame. It leaves a lot of match on the cutting room floor. But that match, phenomenal. Nobody remembers that match. It's fantastic. AJ, like two, he had a bunch of good matches, surprisingly good matches with Matt Morgan in the summer of 09. Like, like Morgan's best match at TNA is probably the Angle Bound for Glory match, but like, Matt Morgan's not very good, and AJ made him look good. So uh, there's also that year he had a, a, a weird, like, I love five minute TV sprints. I think it's one of AJ's, like, he's such a good TV wrestler. I don't think he gets the credit for being a great TV wrestler that he deserves. Like, he had two TV matches on one episode of Impact in 09 against Chris Saban and against Doug Williams. And both of them are just like, perfect pieces of five minute wrestling like i think the five minute tv match is a bit of a lost start sometimes for good reason because sometimes you'd be like well i want more out of my aj styles chris saban match than five <laughs> minutes on television but also when they deliver like the perfect five minute tv match on television what more could you ask for and like if you look at like a bunch of those like a bunch of those like quick aj matches on tv where he's just like doing sprints against guys they're they're always just really enjoyable, really like digestible TV matches. Like has a couple of good matches with Christian that no one ever talks about. Um, but, like he's he's just he's every match. Just put him on TV against anybody like remotely decent, and he'll have a good match. His tag team run with D'Lo that nobody remembers, but him and D'Lo were a great tag team. Those two rule together. Uh, and then second question: top three Impact matches. All right, so this this can change on any given day. Like a Styles Daniels Joe match might shove its way in there. The Angle Lockdown match might uh, against uh, Mr. Anderson might shove its way in there. But as of right now, putting me on the spot, three Turning Point oh five against Samoa Joe, two the whole effing show, the Motor City Machine Guns against Beer Money, best two out of three falls, and one Triple X against AMW Six Sides of Steel from Turning Point oh four. It's, it's putting me on the spot right now with the skipper cage walk and the violent bloody like mess and the losing team disbands and the fact that that's the defining tag feud they've been feuding for the best part of two years and they're finally settling their feud inside six sides of steel in a pay-per-view main event main eventing over randy savage kind of <laughs> randy savage was there he did a move <laughs> that match that match is the best match in dna history. like uh, that that never changes for me like the the, uh, the rest of the spots in the top five and the order of the top five might change but I, i'll forever insist that triple x amw match is the best match in dna history there is i just looked to see if aj had a, had a match against elix skipper and you'll you'll know these things better than i will but early on in the mm -hmm. uh nwa tna run he did face elix skipper do you have any Memories of this match? I have a memory of one spot where Skipper was on the ropes and AJ knocked him off and it looked like it absolutely killed Helix Skipper. <laughs> but like that that's like both just AJ and Skipper were pretty raw then. So it's it's a pretty solid, decent match in an early TNA pay-per-view, but nothing special. Yeah, it's from it's from 2002, so mm -hmm. it, it was very early into everything. Because I remember Elix Skipper, and I always thought just the the world of just how talented he was, and just thought he was going to be like huge star. The Cage Walk is legitimately when it comes to Impact memories. Like I don't know if that's ever topped, and it it probably still should be like replayed more on like impact TV and just in general, because it's an, it's an all time moment that he was able to pull that off. It is like, if you were to think, what are the all time high spots in wrestling? Like the, the legit most insane moments in, in TNA history that are not even TNA history, wrestling history. Like th there's a lot of moves off cages, but like, if you've never seen that cage walk, you might be thinking, Oh, like a WWE cage, you know, where it, it's like you get the two feet up there of like steel girder, which is perfectly walkable. It's like, nope, this is like 
two inches wide as so walking across for like five feet before Hurricane Rana and Chris Harris off a cage. It is like it's it still stands there as one of the craziest things to ever happen in a pro wrestling ring. And you're right. The overall story to to that match of you know, the disbanding with the losing team and like the overall match that that happened before the cage walk is really excellent. Like it's not just that cage walk. That's obviously the moment that that stands out. But the overall just match and story of it is, I can see why it's your your top match. I should go back and rewatch that. But I can definitely see why it's top match in Impact history. It was really good. Kai says the the whisper in the wind off the cage is a uh, top spots. That's pretty good. Also, the the Swanton from Jeff at Bound for Glory two thousand five, from like the very very top of the impact zone and you know he, he's done a few yeah. of those in WWE where it's like crash mat ones which like fair enough you don't <laughs> don't do the crazy spot do it in the crash mat you're fine but doing it on like just abyss and a table with the margin for error on that from like legit 20 30 feet in the air that that one that one was mad as well uh eric says he's going to first aw show tonight i hope you have fun eric i hope you have fun you'll not see aj styles on this aw show tonight or you might he's Chris Jericho's facing a, a former ROH champion. Maybe AJ Styles just randomly shows up. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Garrett, I, I, AJ was tag and peer. It, they're very, they're not very clear on like world champion. Just as former ROH champion. So could easily be a peer or a tag team champion. Just want to clarify that. Yeah, Garrett, Jericho was very clear in last week being like, not just world champion. So it's probably going to yeah. be someone who's not just world champion today. <laughs> Davy Richards strongly hinting that it's. Him I hope today. it's Davy. Davy, if he doesn't do Loki, I'm gonna be devastated. I want that Jericho Loki match so much. Uh, if it's Loki, imagine. Oh man, imagine Loki showing up to this thing, <laughs> going into business for himself on Jericho as well. Great. Jericho and Loki shooting at each other on each other live <laughs> on television. That is pro wrestling at its finest. I want nothing more in my life than Loki being too stiff for Jericho or refusing the job or just going into <laughs> the business for himself or just coming out randomly in his Hitman gear. All of the Loki things that Loki could do, I want them all. <laughs> It'd be great if it was Loki. Uh, Garrett, I appreciate you joining me. Let everybody know where they can find you at. You can follow me on Twitter at Garrett Kidney, G-A-R-E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y. You can see the spelling of my name on the screen over there. Um, it's, it's down there. There you go. That's. It's always difficult to point at things while on, on screen. Yes. <laughs> uh, you can also listen if you'd like to hear more of the sound of my voice. I do have a TNA History podcast where me and my friend Liam Jones, we go through TNA History one month at a time. It's called You've Got to Be Kidding Me. Search that in your podcast platform of choice. A classic Don West quote, of course. Uh, we're all the way up to September 04. Good time to jump on. Our next episode will be Victory Road, the first monthly pay-per-view with stuff like the Randy Savage debut and uh, Jarrett and Hardy in a cage or in a ladder match and, and the Hall of Nash debut and stuff like that. So well Hall was before, but together it's the outsiders, the kings of wrestling. You might remember them in their jumpsuits. Good era. <laughs> so that is a good time to jump on. Search, you've got to be getting me podcast platform of choice. We have a bunch of clips on YouTube as well if you'd like to, to find highlights and stuff. So yeah, uh, you've got to be kidding me. TNA history. There you go. Thank you, Garrett. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you coming on here, running through some of the top AJ Styles matches, just being a wealth of impact, TNA, and overall wrestling knowledge uh, for, for all of our timelines, for all of our timelines. Follow Garrett. He's always tweeting. You, you're on the Bray Wyatt train now. You realize dumb shit just <laughs> pops. That's that's how you got to enjoy this stuff, Garrett. That's how you got to enjoy this stuff. Guys, we appreciate you, you joining us here on Fight Overbook. Check out all the content we have elsewhere on the channel. Go check out the latest episode of Tag Talk. Or check out uh, your, like non-wrestling stuff, SB3 and I talking basketball. We got more stuff coming this week, including uh, either the debut of a new show tomorrow or the conclusion of the CM Punk series. One of the two will be running tomorrow, coexisting on Fridays and then Newsworthy on Saturday. Bye, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Enjoy Dynamite, Eric. Enjoy Dynamite, everybody. Enjoy the wrestling, everyone.